Hey folks, it's Carl at Sterling Health and Fitness and thanks for tuning in. So we're coming at you today from the independent training spot here in New York City, uh, right in Manhattan. And we have a really cool subject we're going to talk about today. It's exercise and the brain. Something that's just really fascinating. And to speak on this topic today, I have my friend and uh, my mentor, Rick Ritchie. Thank you. Thank you very much. We have talked about this before, and it's so fascinating. Um, so we're going to get to that in a second, but a little bit of background on Rick. He has a master's degree in exercise science with a focus on performance enhancement and injury prevention. That's right. And he is a licensed massage therapist. He is a faculty instructor for National Academy of Sports Medicine. He's also adjunct faculty at California University of Pennsylvania, correct? That's correct. All right. And he's the owner of this awesome place here, the Independent Training Spot. Thank you. Well, I call this my home away from home. Thanks, man. And you're welcome to it. Thank you. I love yeah. it here. It's, it's the vibe. It's, the place is cool. It's the people that make it. So, All right, man. So exercising <laughs> the brain. And yeah. then, you know, people traditionally, I think, now this is a generalization, but I know traditionally when most people are thinking about exercise, they're thinking, well, that's good. This is good for my heart. It's good for my body. Now, it's kind of a newer thing that people are starting to realize it's good for the brain for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, uh, not many people really focus on, you know, when I, I need to be, I need more clarity, let me go get some exercise. And, and that may be the only thing they think about with exercise in the brain. Like, I, I need to loosen up, I might need to be clearer, but now we can actually almost quantify that. We put numbers on it, we can look at the brain and look at neural activity in the brain and actually see uh, how things become clearer. We've done plenty of research to now show that uh, exercise does in fact increase reading comprehension, exercise increases the ability to think on your feet, exercise increases, uh, decreases the ability to, to get certain types of, of brain issues that we think of them. So whether it's things like ADHD or um, people get anxiety or people have depression or um, uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, there's so many things, even going into dementia and Alzheimer's, like we're talking about seeing some mental things that, that we are concerned about as a society and watching those numbers fall when it comes to, to brain-based pathologies when exercise is, is put into their daily program. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I know um, there are studies being done and some that have come out already it also shows the um, relationship with exercise in slowing certain neurological things, like uh, Parkinson's is a good example. Yeah. Um, so it's very powerful stuff. Yeah, you know? for sure. There's a book, it's called Spark by Dr. John Reddy, is it? Yeah, Dr. John Reddy. And uh, the, uh, this is the, that's the man that kind of started it all. And, and whether or not he's the one who started it, he's definitely the go-to guy in this realm, and uh, if you get an opportunity, read the book Spark. It is not, uh, it's not out of league. You know what I mean? You don't read this a brain book and go, I don't even understand it. Like, he writes it really well. Right. It's very palatable for the, the lay reader. Um, but it also, it really clearly helps you understand how exercise not just helps the body, how it focuses really on helping the brain. And uh, 
he does require exercise from all of his patients. So when he sees them, uh, requires exercise for almost everybody before he medicates. Uh, he just sees the power awesome. of it. Yeah. And you also see the power in the research. So people come in with uh, depression or anxiety or some of these other things that folks would come in um, to see a, a psychiatrist for. And he has them exercise. And the research is showing more and more that the exercise does as good, sometimes better, sometimes not as good, yeah. as as the the pill form of whatever they're taking. So, you know, it's that dopamine replacement or serotonin replacement, whatever it is, then the, the exercise kind of creates balance in that as opposed to whatever you get as a pill would only give you one of those chemicals. Right. right. Uh, and, and exercise kind of balances the field. Sometimes you sure. need much more of one of those chemicals, though, and that's when medication does come in handy. Right, right. I mean, there's a, t there's a place for that. Of course, you want to listen to your doctor, but um, also the other thing is we know that there is a growing number of doctors who are prescribing exercise now as the first Thank you know, method of treatment, which is really awesome. So nice to hear. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in this uh, mental clarity and retention thing, too, because I know um, we had talked about a school district, maybe in Illinois somewhere. Yeah. They were talking about uh, PE doing the first thing right at the top of the day, right? Zero. Yeah. So they call it zero hour. Okay. Zero yeah. hour. And that means basically before first period. So right. zero hour, uh, you come in and you're part of this PE and the PE, when I had PE, Carl, it was not what these kids did. These kids worked out. When I had PE, it was like, go play four square, in the park. go yeah. shoot basketball. We ran a mile on Friday. That was the only really time, unless you were really competitive at sports, that anybody would really break a sweat. Uh, these kids are pushed. I'm not playing. Like These kids, yeah. heart rate uh, monitors are on. You see heart rates going oh, through the roof. That's cool. They're able to track it. So they're pushing themselves really hard. And you see some really great numbers coming out of that. Uh, Naperville School District is the district that really okay. started it. And so the Naperville program is pretty impressive, not just for that. So within the school, seeing reading comprehension increase like 17%. Uh, but we also saw with that school district that implemented PE for Life and the Zero Hour PE programs, that they're coming in and the international level with really high scores. And I don't know if most of you know this, but the United States of America generally has some pretty not good scores in math and science. Uh, and I think that they ranked number three and number six in the world, respectively, with those two different uh, okay. disciplines. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So they, you know, you give, you gotta give credit where it's due. They, they were good students before, but they weren't like exactly. third and sixth best in the world. Uh, and that they give credit uh, to the PE program, and actually senators have flown out uh, and met with the school districts there. The the governor's flown in. Like there are a lot of people that are are saying, "Look, man, this is this is doing something to our kids' brains that are helping them." Um, so that's it. They joke about getting rid of the, the term uh, dumb jock. We've heard that. Yeah, they're like, right. throw that out. Like, they're smart yeah. jocks. If you exactly. do exercise, uh, then we're going we're gonna to rename smart jock because you are more likely to do better. That's awesome. That brings me up to, uh, brings me to another question. Yeah, all right. So, Rick, um, let's talk about 
BDNF. What does that stand for? What do you think? I'm just kidding. <laughs> BDNF stands for brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Okay. And these BDNFs is a neurotransmitting chemical, um, and it basically creates infrastructure within the brain. So we were, we were taught from a young age that you have a finite number of brain cells, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I think we talked about it before, they used to yeah. tell you this in high school, particularly to convince high schoolers not to, to go out drinking because right. you kill all your brain cells and they won't grow back. Yeah. Um, so cover your high schoolers ears uh, they do. There is something called neuroplasticity, uh, which means that your brain can actually grow new cells when it's pushed to do so, and you release this brain-derived neurotrophic factor, this BDNF, mm -hmm. and when they take the neurons, which is the functional unit of a cell, uh, of a, a, neuron, a neuron cell, so, uh, so a nerve cell, and you put it in a petri dish, and they put BDNF on top of it, mm -hmm. it sprouts more neurons. So it's, it's like a miracle grow for the brain, like we Miracle grow for the brain, oh, yes yeah. sir. Miracle grow for the brain, absolutely. Yeah, that is really cool. That's yeah. powerful stuff. So I mean, you're getting exercises going to cause that. Yes, so the correlation is with higher intensity cardio respiratory exercises that create this. Now, resistance training can provide the same thing, provided your heart rate gets up and stays up. So sure. that's why you see, I think, a, a large increase in things like, uh, not, not particularly for the brain, but the way that these circuit training modalities are being done with resistance training that keeps the yeah. heart rate up, same effect. Awesome. That's really interesting. So um, I jotted something down here because it just makes me think, in a nutshell, that the brain is our pharmacy, basically, right. and exercise is a prescription. Um, and, you know, I've heard this before and um, read it here and there that your brain is like a pharmacy. And if you know how to do the right things, you can cause it to emit the right stuff to help sure. to cure a lot of issues or help deal with a lot of um, issues. You know, yeah, depression but, and whatever. I think that we talked uh, at some point about a Duke University study that ended up being yes. on the... In the New York Times, and I forget it was like the you know one of the back pages in the New York Times. It was very deep in the Times, and it was you know, a small little blurb on how at Duke they found that um, that doing exercise had provided as good results as those taking the generic form of Prozac, and I can't remember Sertraline or something like that. So the generic right. form of Prozac, and found that they got very much. Uh, similar and even better results uh, and so it was on like page 11 in the New York Times man like if you, if they came out with a pill yeah. that did that front, front page front, page. Yeah, front yeah. page New York Times look at look at the new drug we've come up with but it's just it, I think that's an ill of one of our uh, of our society which is you know exercise yeah it's great we know that back page uh, but but a pill that we can put numbers on, exactly. uh, then it changes. It changes the, the presentation and the acceptance of it. That is awesome information. It's so fascinating to me. You know, I know actually my son is, uh, he's in med school at Hershey Penn State. He does a lot of Parkinson's research. And they have a, a study going on right now. It has to do with, we're getting more into the exercise, the relationship between that and um, diminishing the progression or slowing the progression I say, right. of Parkinson's and how, you know, what kind of correlations they're finding. Um, even dancing, 
you know, yeah. dancing and Parkinson's. There's, I, I'm not sure if there's a study about that, but I know that there, there's data to support that any kind of this physical activity on a regular basis for these people is helping. There's, there's also uh, studies out there that show things like dancing and gymnastics, and I think you could probably correlate to things like martial arts and jiu-jitsu and things sure. like that. Uh, physical activities that require thought actually increase production of BDNF. So if you have to both think yeah. while exercising, right. uh, then and, and they're highly coordinated events, uh, then it does increase really the infrastructure in the brain. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, this is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And um, thank you. You're welcome. Did you want to talk quickly about the, uh, the endocannabinoids? Oh, yeah, I almost forgot about the endocannabinoids. Please. Yeah, so this was just a cool little tidbit. Um, exercise has a receptor in the brain. We thought for years that it was uh, like the runner's high yeah. was dopamine. Mm -hmm. So dopamine, 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 and dopamine's probably not it. Uh, it's probably a neurotransmitter called endocannabinoids, which uh, connects to a receptor site, which is the same receptor site for, that's our timer, it's our same receptor site for, um, for, for marijuana, so people that smoke weed. Uh, it's also the same receptor site for chocolate. Uh, so there is a correlation between chocolate and, and, uh, and marijuana, surprisingly. But it's also the receptor site to, to feel high when exercising. So it's a very, very interesting things about exercise yeah. and the correlation between chocolate and weed. Yeah, <laughs> and exercise. I mean, it's it's you know, that's really cool, man. Yeah. Well, Dilla, thanks for joining me man, again, man. Thank you Always so a much. It's a pleasure to you're, see um, you. The, you too, man. Um, so, if you're in Manhattan or anywhere around New York City, you need to come to the Independent Training Spot right here on East Twenty Eighth and Fifth. Best trainers, best place. Thank you. Okay. And um, thanks for tuning in, folks. Go to the independenttrainingspot.com. I'll have the link on the screen. The word the is not in the beginning. No. It's independenttrainingspot.com. And also check out sterlinghealthandfitness.com. We have other interviews with a lot of different people and other interviews with Rick. Um, so check us out. Check them out. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great day.